0: The Miami Dolphins are concluding 2023 minicamp this week, and we've heard from a number of prominent personalities on the team. Our thoughts and reactions to some of the more notable quotes provided this week here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. You can find our shows on the Locked On Network on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today is Thursday, June 8th. 2023 and today's episode of locked on dolphins is brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogscom slash locked on nfl and when you enter your promo code locked on nfl they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order i want to thank our everydayers who do keep it tapped in with us on a daily basis here on locked on dolphins we're diving into minicamp and specifically some of the quotes from minicamp that have kind of popped for me throughout the course of this week between Tua Tagovailoa yesterday and Jalen Phillips and Mike McDaniel, of course, with his press availabilities. Uh, there's been some good stuff, some kind of insightful comments, and and I want to start with Tua Tagovailoa, who's obviously always such a hot-button topic for so many Dolphins fans and also sports fans in general for whatever reason. Uh, but Tua was asked about a slew of things. He was asked about the quarterback room. He was asked about his own uh, offseason plan for himself. He was asked about Lionel Messi. He was asked about the helmet cam. Uh, he was asked about being in more of a leadership role within the quarterback room. Fundamental, like you, we could probably do a whole show on the Tua press availability, but we'll start with asking about the helmet with Tua Tagovailoa. He's wearing the new quarterback specific concussion style helmet. And he was asked what it feels like to play with it on. And he said, I'm still trying to feel it out. What better time to feel it out than OTAs? I heard it's supposedly better than the helmet I had been wearing last year. If it could be that much more safe, then why not give it a shot? Uh, Still feeling it out. So still in the process of trying to determine um, whether he's going to commit to that helmet or not. Obviously, there have already been some physiological changes with Tua and his body composition. his trainer Nick Hicks has alluded to, he, he's potentially sitting around 220 pounds right now, which I, I think is a, a healthy weight for him. He's obviously a stockier build at the quarterback position, but you see it. You you see the body composition changes, and I would rather live in a world, personally, and it seems like this is kind of the thought process as well for uh, the Dolphins or, or with Tua and, and his camp. I'd rather live in a world... Where you maybe lose, you, you become more of a traditional pocket passer because Tua, even at the lighter weight last year, wasn't winning too many foot races. He doesn't run a 4-5, right? like he, He's not going to kill you in the running game as, as a quarterback if you play man coverage and he breaks the pocket. You can get outside the pocket. He's more of a quick twitch within the pocket type of player anyway. I would rather compromise that and have a build that is sturdier Uh, that lends itself better to absorbing hits and and protecting yourself than having him play at a lighter weight to try to be more of a dynamic athlete. Be a dynamic thrower. That's what you are, right? So the more we can lean into that in this stage of of, Tua's career, I think is a good thing. It seems like his camp has bought into that as well, and obviously his body composition. uh, He's bulked up. He's definitely bulked up. And is he ever going to be built like Uh, Will Levis and this year's NFL draft with the eight pack and muscles on muscles? And no, probably not. But you don't need that to play quarterback at a high level. I think Tua has plenty of things to play. Highly effective football for the Dolphins at the quarterback position, but the more games he plays in, the better. And if that means physiologically, we're going to add mass onto our frame, that's a good thing. Whether or not he wears the helmet, I, I certainly would like, to see him exhaust all of the options and hope that he finds the, the comfort with that helmet. But that is part of his process uh, for this offseason. He was also asked, speaking of helmets about the helmet cam. And he gave some really interesting uh, insight as far as the conflicts of, of wearing a helmet and being mic'd up and not wearing a helmet and, and alluded to some of the tools of why it's valuable But what really stood out to me was the last sentence that he provided. So he talks about thinking of the integrity of the huddle and feeling a little bit of conflict for being himself within the huddle with the guys, but then having that recorded and the coaches hear that. And then he talks about the cool thing is is you can give the audio for the new players so that they can get used to your voice giving a call in the huddle They can acclimate themselves to your cadence as a passer. Uh, So this is not just we're going to strap a a helmet cam on a guy uh, because of what he needs, right? If If you're obsessed about the Dolphins quarterback wearing a helmet cam because you think the problem is only with him, we've had multiple parties throughout the course of the past several weeks alluding to the values that expand beyond the quarterback and the values for the entire team. But it was the last sentence. That's something that's been big this offseason for us is operation. Hmm. Operation like getting up to the line of scrimmage, processing your calls quickly, getting lined up in time to make sure that you shift in motion without compromising your ability to execute the play or worrying about the play clock running out or taking delay of game penalties All of those things that were the little things that were kind of the bugaboos for the Dolphins offense last year. For operations, and we heard Mike McDaniel say very early in this offseason that there was a focus on getting better at not self-inflicting wounds to yourself as you're trying to run your offense. This is the kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff that we're talking about. And for them to be Exhausting all of their options and, and that being such a point of emphasis for the team, the operations of getting the call in the huddle, getting lined up and making sure that everybody's on the same page in your pre-snap process is a great sign because it was one of our, number, our top shelf complaints with the Dolphins offense last year. A few more things for Tui Tagovailoa that I do want to get to. But before I do, got to tell you about our friends with Bird Dogs. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh, and the leg to give you a truly sculpted look as we said yesterday on the show skies out thighs out is a way of life those who know know and if you're unfamiliar bird dogs has the perfect opportunity for you to find out for yourself these shorts do exactly the same thing as lululemon but they fit way better Uh, they're better than regular shorts which are kind of stiff and rigid and hot and don't breathe restricting cotton Can't really move. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement in the process. You can go to BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnNFL and enter the promo code LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That is BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take these things off once they're on. I promise you. So, Tua Valoa was also asked about being the leader in the quarterback room from Ryan Fitzpatrick and Teddy Bridgewater and Jacoby Brissett in year four. And the first thing that Tua said is actually pretty amusing. Uh, I think the coolest thing now is that we have James Blackman in the room. I'm finally not the youngest in our room, which is great. Three years in the league, including having a rookie quarterback on the roster last year and Tua took till year four to not be the youngest player in the room. And that's, that's pretty eye-opening. That is pretty eye-opening. And there are some other quarterbacks across the league uh, that I think are really interesting studies of continued player development for players that get versed in a variation of systems uh, need more time to mature or playing at a higher level than they ever have. And sometimes it just takes some time, right? Think about Jared Goff. Jared Goff was, I don't want to say cataclysmic cataclysmically bad. Is that a word? It is now if it's not cataclysmically bad, his rookie season for the Los Angeles Rams. And then Sean McVay comes in, and they build a system around him. and They go to a Super Bowl, but they don't win. And Jared Goff ends up throwing for 4,600 yards in consecutive seasons with McVay. The Rams win 22 games in those two seasons combined. He makes two Pro Bowls in this stretch of time. And then they move on. They feel like they kind of hit a glass ceiling. So then Jared goes to Detroit, and they were three ten and one his first season. He started 14 games for the team. He was sufficient. I mean, they're a sufficient level starter. And then he made the Pro Bowl last year. And he passed for 4,400 yards with 29 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. He averaged 7.45 adjusted net yards per attempt, which is phenomenal numbers. His sack percentage was the lower percentage it had ever been in his career. 3.8%. Outstanding number, 65% completion. And then Dan Campbell, and that's in his year 28 season. And Dan Campbell comes out this offseason and says, Jared Goff's a better quarterback now than he was in Los Angeles. And it's true. And for Jared Goff, the system was a stabilizer, right? And then he went to a new system that continued to challenge and press him to mature mentally And they started to put some pieces around him. He got a complimentary run game. And magically, this guy's a Pro Bowl quarterback, a sixth and comeback player of the year voting. And then you think about Tua and what his first three years look like. And he's already gotten some of those lumps out of the way. He's already gotten the multiple systems and kind of the uh, learning the language of football through various dialects of different playbooks and different ideologies and now he's got a system in place that's in a position to help maximize him as a player. And if he can much continue to mature in years four and five, I think that's where things can get pretty exciting for the Dolphins and for Tua valoa And, and it, Jared Goff is just a nice reminder of a quarterback who sometimes needs uh, a little bit of time and a little bit of turmoil to help facilitate growth. And he stuck with it because he had the right attitude and the right approach to playing the game of football. We know Tua Tongvalo has the right mentality to play in the game of football. We know he has talent. He's already got the lumps that it took Jared Goff three stops in seven years, six years to get. He got him in half the time. And now he's in the environment like what Jared Goff had uh, early with Sean McVay and what Jared Goff had last season in Detroit. He's got some of those components now at his disposal. So I don't think this player developed, I don't think the player that you saw last year is the player that you're destined to see for forever. There's going to be continued development here, and if he can stay healthy and do the things that he needed to do from a a physiological perspective to change his composition, then we might be in a position to see the best version of Tua Loa. Not now, not next year, but a few years from now. And as long as there's that steady progression in how he is as a player, you can get optimistic about what that may end up looking like. Of course, Tua to Tagovailoa not the only player that we were blessed to hear from. We heard from Mike McDaniel. And Mike McDaniel was uh, continuing to be asked about the um, the Miami Heat and Florida Panthers, we we've, we've heard the questions there. So I'll spare some of you those for now. We're going to skip the line to Jalen Phillips. And I thought Jalen gave us some really nice quotes earlier in the week as well. He was asked about what he feels this defense does to to best utilize his skill set. I feel obviously being able to rush the passer, being able to emphasize the back end and let them be multiple and let them work in coverage, it just allows us to have a little bit of time. Just being able to marry the coverage to the pass rush, I think that is going to be ideal for not only me but everybody on the defensive line. Uh, This is a very good point, Um, understanding the mechanics of your defense. And the offense didn't do that last year, right? being multiple in the back end. As the season wore on and you got a bigger and bigger sample size, it became abundantly clear that the coverage was what the coverage was, which was going to be middle of the field, closed, and they were either going to play cover three or cover one, and that was really it. And not a lot of, you know, it was more country three than anything. Guys dropping the grass as compared to match, matching patterns and zone match and, and squeezing air and constricting routes. And when you country drop in zone coverage, which means you're dropping to a landmark, what you don't do is force the quarterback to hold the ball for that extra half-tick of seconds. So as I've continued to study not only the Fangio defense this offseason, but coverages in general in trying to, to level up my personal knowledge of the game of football, this really resonated with me. Because the difference, especially for Jalen Phillips, in having the amount of sacks that he had last year and having twice the amount of sacks that he had last year, was probably a half a step. And if you take your zone drops and instead of dropping to landmarks, you are catering your zone drops to the routes that are being run and the space in which they are trying to attack, and you're not just dropping to nowhere, all of a sudden the quarterback does have to hold the ball. And then you add in the fact that these pre snap presentations for this Vic Fangio defense, they're not going to tell you anything before the snap. We're static. Same exact presentation, and you're going to have to do all of your information processing after the snap instead of doing the thing that Tuatonga Valoa re- referred to during his media availability when he was talking about the integrity of the huddle and getting up and, and making plays at the line of, or calling calling plays in the huddle and then understanding uh, where the ball is going to go. And that, that was something that he had mentioned when he was asked for a follow up about. Uh, how he how he communicates the receivers and he kind of alluded to when I get a play call even if I don't love the play call if I know what if I can anticipate what's going to be open based on x y or z coverage I will tell the guys that in the huddle like hey expect me to get to you pretty quick if we get this that's a lot of quarterback processing takes place not only after the snap, but before the snap, you're looking for landmarks. You're looking for tells you're looking for fronts. You're looking for safety rotation. You're looking for potential pressure threats. And the more of that information you can check before the snap, the better prepared you are to find the right read quicker in the snap. Well, Fangio, they're going to marry their coverage to their rush, but they're also going to not allow you to glean a lot of information before the snap. So All of that information processing, if I'm the quarterback and I get up to the line of scrimmage and I'm looking at the defense and I can kind of see what kind of leverage the corners are presenting to us, and I see that the safety is kind of starting to walk in towards the middle of the field, and I'm anticipating weak safety rotation, which means that strong safety is going to be rolling down into the box, and maybe the front side of my formation as a result, they're going to have a, an ability to cut one of these routes that I would have early in my progression. I'm going to skip that progression once I confirm that post-snap. But if I don't get any of that information, now i got to take the snap from the center and, and now I got to say, okay, now what is the leverage of the corners? What have they jumped inside? Are they staying outside? Is that safety really rolling down? Is that are we getting safety, weak safety rotation? Do I have anybody dropping out that's on the line of scrimmage? Like, there's so much more that you have to do that again is going to facilitate the that extra half second. So zone match and then post snap processing. Now you might have a whole second, which these quarterbacks are going to hold on the ball. And for guys like Jalen Phillips, and, and he's absolutely right. It's not just going to be a benefit to him. It's going to be a benefit to this entire defensive front. Jalen talked a little bit about his partnership with Bradley Chubb. Uh, These guys seem to have hit it off. Here's what he said about Bradley Chubb. We definitely spend a lot of time getting closer off the field, and I feel like that just helps on the field. When you have relationships with your teammates, then it brings up the motivation. and makes you want to play for them even more. It's ironing, sharpening iron. We're competitive, but we're for each other, whether it's in the weight room off the field with our habits, whether it's out here on the practice field, we're making sure we're always on point. It's also nice to have an accountability brother when it comes to that. He said his technique, Bradley Chubb's technique was something that he really admired and looked up to him for. And honestly have him kind of put me on game, showing me different techniques. I think he's very crafty and obviously physically gifted. So I love having him on the opposite side of me. Is Jalen Phillips, thoughts on Bradley Chubb, especially this defense. Um, you know, when you're in these odd fronts and you're in these base fronts, tight, tough are, are kind of the calls for your 3-4 alignments. Two of the staple calls of this defense are Will 6 and Will 2. Will 6 means the Will pass rusher is rushing contain rush off the edge, and the Sam rush linebacker is dropping off into coverage you're playing will six, then you're playing cover six behind it. You're playing will two, then you're playing cover two behind it. But motion before the snap can change who the Sam and the will is. So Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, as your two primary rush outside linebackers in this system, when you're in this tight front, have to have some level of interchangeability. So I think that's where Bradley Chubb's familiarity with the system, in addition to all the things that Jalen Phillips is talking about, brings you this intrinsic value of um, you're going to have the advanced scouting report and you're going to have somebody who's walked in those shoes so that they will see these things the same and attack them the same and be equally effective whether you're going to run the formational strength of Bradley Chubb's side or you're going to run the formational strength to Jalen Phillips' side. So I thought that that was a really interesting thought and note from him as well. We are going to finish with Mike McDaniel here today on this episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Mike McDaniel asked about Tyree Kill. He's been quiet in OTA's minicamp. Here's what Mike McDaniel said on that front. Very consistent that I'll be inconsistent with player-to-player. Player. And I like this fact about Mike McDaniel. Um, make sure that you are treating all players fairly, but not necessarily equally. Mike Mc, and that's my thoughts. Mike McDaniel's direct quote, it was very consistent that I'll be inconsistent with player-to-player. Player. My thoughts were everything that came after that. don't want any... Miscommunication here and misquoting of Mike McDaniel. And to continue McDaniel's quote, I think it's hard, but you prove to the players that your intent is right and you're doing the right stuff for the right reasons and you pay attention and know who's deserving of a little time off or maybe we're hypersensitive to maintenance for someone. Case by case, you approach it as such. I know one thing. If Tyreek is at risk for further injury, he doesn't know any speed on the practice field, as you guys know, but full go. So there's a component of coaches protecting players from themselves, and he's dealing with some minor stuff. But if at any point we feel like it makes the Dolphins worse for someone to practice, turn the page, he will not practice. So that's where he's at. I have no concerns of any player, whether you're 53rd or 90th, or one of the best players in the league. All of those players in a pool, Tyreek, is probably the least I'm worried about, him physically being able to perform his tasks. And I would say this, any definitive statements out of OTAs and minicamp, about any player on this roster, I, I would take with a grain of salt. I think it's way too early uh, to take victory laps or say I told you so or bemoan uh, a player performance or player availability or anything like that. There is so there is so much ball game left before your first preseason game. These guys are going to have a lot of time for maintenance and minor things, and it's not like anybody on the team right now, and I'm going to knock on wood, has any major structural damage or, or issues that would prevent them from being available for the Dolphins to play this season? Mike McDaniel asked about Tua Tagovailoa and Year Four. He asked, what are you looking at on a daily basis from practice to say, okay, that's what I saw. What I needed to see from Tua and have a good day with him. McDaniel's full quote there. There's a lot that goes into that. I think Year Two, the prerequisite is that he is the quarterback has to have ownership of everything he's doing and what everyone else is doing as the facilitator of the offense. But he's checked that box every day. It's been cool in a year's time how he's not only learned the language but is now fluent in it. That opens quarterbacks up to doing some of the components of the job. It's really hard to try to be the leader of an offense and motivate guys and encourage guys when you need to or maybe be hard on guys when you need to. When you're just trying to spit out a play to know your own assignment. So this offseason, hoping that I would see a graduation of sorts and have it really good every single day, that's first and foremost. For his game, you're less concerned about the really good plays, your attention is less drawn to that, and more about consistency of the entire practice. Just like a game where he would have some, he's had his games where he made some big time plays, but then he wasn't happy with the rest of the game, so kind of looking at it through that lens, he's been really one of our most consistent. If not, I think he's been as consistent as anybody day in and day out, which has residual effects to the whole team. I know the team can feel that as well. And that'll bring me back to a quote that, that Tua Aloa had at the end of yesterday's press availability when he was asked about bootlegs. He said, we did bootleg, or he was asked, you did bootlegs for 20 straight minutes, right side, left side. Uh, it's just a reminder that this always comes back to the basics. And Tua said, uh, I was just talking to our OC, Frank Smith, Asking him when we're going to start doing these plays or these plays because the defense is overplaying what we're doing, and he said Frank Smith told him that McDaniel wants to stick to the basics. Once everyone understands what they're doing, gets the foundation of it, we can move on from there. That should tell you all the that should tell you all from the drills that we did. Tua chomping at the bit to get into the bigger meat of the playbook certainly gives you an indication that he understands conceptually what they're doing and is eager to, based off how the defense is playing them in practice, uh, expand to deeper chapters of this playbook, as a testament to McDaniel saying the two is fluent in this offense. Now, I think it's a great awareness from Mike McDaniel that they are going to continue to uh, not allow the pace of the install uh, to get beyond newer players on the team, everybody has to be on the same page and everybody has to have chemistry. And this is all about what this this time of year is for, is laying the foundation for what is to come. When training camp comes and they're in here every day for four straight weeks and they're really beginning to install and get into it, then you can get into the nuances of, okay, they're overplaying this, so this is what the counterpunch is off of that. But for now, for the Dolphins to be so committed to the fundamentals of how this offense works and make sure everybody sees it the same. And for Tua to have the awareness of what you can do to capitalize on what you're being given I think is a great uh, sign of exactly what Mike McDaniel is talking about with Tua Tagovailoa being fluent in this Dolphins offense. That is going to do it for this episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. You make sure you uh, like the video on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen your favorite podcast. Subscribe to the channel, whether it's podcast or YouTube. Come check out YouTube. You know we got some some nice guests coming in the near future Uh, we actually have one later today that i'm sitting down to do an interview with that i'm excited to bring to all of you as well so keep it locked in here on locked on dolphins it is your team every day shout out to the everydayers that keep it plugged in with us as we take this journey through this 2023 offseason i'm kyle krabs and i'm out of here fins up